Welcome to Mock Footage. I really like movies. I do too, but I haven't seen too many. And that's why we're going to watch a bunch together. We'll make sure to keep it swear-free for Grandma. Definitely, and we will be talking about major plot details, so consider this your spoiler warning. Oh, I wonder what we're going to watch this week. Hello everyone, my name is Joseph Langhua, and this week we will be discussing... A Kid in King Arthur's Court. My name is Ray Hiroso, and this is the movie I thought A Knight's Tale was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but it wasn't. But it wasn't. Um, I don't know what this movie is about. I mean, I well, know what it's about. let me tell you. <laughs> it's about a kid in King Arthur's Court. So let me expound upon that very important plot detail for you. Okay. Um, as I learned five minutes ago, this is a Disney movie. <laughs> Yep. Um, As I learned five minutes ago, this movie has a 5% out of 100. Uh, that's what percent means on RottenTomatoes.com. <laughs> um, that's how math works. So it's apparently not very good. And it's a Disney movie. And it's about a kid in King Arthur's court. So yeah, let's hear those sweet details, right? Set us up. Mikey is a boy who lives in New York, and he gets transported back in time to medieval times into Camelot before the formation of Great Britain, and is part and and he becomes King Arthur essentially. And how does he do that? Uh, he pulls the sword in the stone, which is kind of like a tourist attraction by uh, the the big lake. Um, it's called the Big Lake. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He pulls the sword and he goes around in medieval times on wheelies. On, on, on Heelys? Is it Wheelies or Heelys? It's Heelys. Heelys. Wheelies Definitely is, Heelys. <laughs> the thing that motorcycles do. Um, how does he get transported back in time, though? He, um, I think, he, so I think you said, did you say, or am I remembering from a different time that you said he's a baseball kid? Well, he has a baseball bat, and he is a baseball kid He's also. Baseball we'll man. get to that. So, because it's an important plot point. I think that the way this movie opens up is that his he's on a baseball team, and his team just lost, right? They just lost, like, maybe the semifinals or something of their regional championship. So, like... They, but they, but they are not too beat up about it. They're happy they got as far as they did, and they go to the Renaissance Fair to celebrate. And probably like on the way, like in the fair, he kind of like encounters a weird old guy who says some really cryptic stuff and tells him that he should try his might at the Sword in the Stone, and which is just like a a silly attraction. It's just like a it's just a prop but it's not supposed to actually come out and it does and when he when he pulls it the stone out of the sword no sorry when he pulls the sword out of the stone <laughs> uh he gets transported back in time and i think that the weird old guy is merlin in both timelines it's merlin in both timelines yeah. correct thank you for reminding me what the opening to this movie was about yeah. joe thank you i'm yeah well i mean i asked and you didn't have an answer now i'm just telling i'm filling in the gaps for you so that you can continue as we always do here on mock footage absolutely he has a baseball bat yeah he that he also had with him while he was pulling the sword out i guess <laughs> yeah he did um <laughs> he gets transported back in time to 
to to King Arthur's court. He becomes Arthur and has to make his own court. And there's just all these guys in in armor, and he just kind of picks and chooses who who's on his team. Um, essentially, they play baseball, but with swords because there's no baseball bats in the past. Well, he brought a baseball bat with him. See, the way I remember it is that he brought a baseball bat with him and then basically taught medieval England the sport of baseball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so they started basically, with the swords and then it didn't work and then they had to make the baseball bats. Mm-hmm. And then what happens, like, we get a little, like, epilogue after all the events of the movies uh, is is resolved and it shows the people that he taught baseball kind of like losing the meaning a little bit and that's what ends up turning into cricket yep that's the movie mm-hmm. well that's just the epilogue so um why does mikey get to pull the sword out of the stone and get transported back in time it's because merlin chose him Oh, maybe he's King Arthur's ancestor. Merlin chose him because yeah. he's King Arthur's ancestor. Yeah. Because King Arthur disappeared in the original timeline for some reason. And that's part of the thing we have to figure oh, out. Oh, I see. I see. So King Arthur has gone missing. And so in order to replace him, uh, medieval Merlin waited, I guess. Thousands of years. <laughs> Thousands of years. Hi, sorry. This is just the plot to Merlin, the BBC TV show. Anyway... <laughs> Um, that's fine. It's not a good movie. <laughs> How much popcorn do you think they ate in medieval times? Um, that's a good question. Do you think when, a lot? A lot. Okay. He introduced popcorn to medieval England. I see. And they can't get enough. Nope. And just like how I can't get enough of this popcorn, mm-hmm. I think it's time to go for a popcorn oh, break. Oh, already? We don't have any villains. I don't have any love interests. Mikey's like twelve. Yes, that's perfect. You don't think like fall in love? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, Guinevere is here again, who is also twelve for some reason. And she's like brokenhearted because King Arthur, the the who's also twelve, who's also twelve, has they're all (laughs) twelve run out on her as far as she's concerned. Right, but she's not allowed to say that Arthur ran away. <laughs> yeah. Where did Arthur end up? Um, you know, I don't know that they ever tell us. I'm going to pull a Ray. <laughs> uh-huh. um, maybe, so he was kidnapped by Uther, right? His daddy? No, isn't it Uther his brother? Uther is his daddy. Who's the brother? There's uh, yeah. there's no brother. There's a brother. Are you thinking of... Or it's his uncle. I don't know about any uncle. In the future timeline, as a little prelude before, um, before he gets sent back in time, Mikey's dad is like a CPA and he has a lot of pens everywhere. Uh, and his name is Mr. Pendragon. Yes. And this is the uh-huh. through line. I think this is why you got confused because the Pendragon was also in your plot for A Knight's Tale. Oh my god, you were here. Your... 
I'm gonna go melt now. I'm ending this episode. Yeah, I think I think now this we're sucks. there. I think now we can we can call it. Um, what was her favorite line, right? Uh, my favorite line from a kid in King Arthur's Court was by Mikey when he says, "Oh yeah, look at these Heelys, everybody." <laughs> yeah. And everybody looks at the Heelys. See, my favorite line is right after that when he goes off a big ramp and he says out loud, Big Air! <laughs> Let's eat some medieval popcorn, right? Okay. Show me that beautiful face. Oh. Coward. I was just sighing and looking down. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just watched a kid in King Arthur's court. Did we watch it or did it watch us? It was a tremendously bad movie. I had fun. I had a lot of fun watching it. It was bad, but I had fun. It was bad. It had some weirdly good moments. Mm-hmm. But it really was just like a line that was good here and there. My biggest question for the movie, because it was bad. My biggest question for the movie was, and this will make sense after, did Merlin give Katie and King Arthur vaccinations when he brought them to the current timeline because if he didn't they would probably be dead in a few hours get vaccinated everyone so (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd rather talk about logistics than the plot because the plot's so bad the plot's simple Right. Tell me no, the it's simple not. plot. No, it isn't. Tell me the <laughs> no, simple plot. It's so hyper complicated. Well, I mean, um, there's a kid the, in King Arthur's court. The simple, the simple version of the plot is that local team <laughs> Calvin Fuller <laughs> is on the baseball team, but he's not very confident. And he, he doesn't. He doesn't swing because he's kind of scared. He's kind of a little dweeb. He's a good he's a good kid with a good heart, but he doesn't have confidence in himself, right? And then the earth opens up and swallows him and sends him back to medieval Camelot <laughs> because Merlin was trying to summon a hero to save Camelot because it's being rotted from the inside out. King Arthur is gotten a bad advisor by the name of Lord Belasco who is uh, just evil and telling him to do evil things. Um, And uh, and it kind of goes off the rails from there. (laughs) And uh, in the end Velasco is defeated and King Arthur (laughs) realizes he should be a good king instead of a bad one. And Calvin goes. <laughs> Y'all, it's so bad. <laughs> we're, we're, 
It's so bad that the glasses just flew off my face. <laughs> um. So, yeah, let's talk about the logistics, I guess. What did you want to talk about, right? <laughs> okay, um... So, so a, a very key part of the plot, and something that comes back very rarely, is the Black Knight. Yeah. Who is a character that Joe and I were very interested in during this whole movie. Yeah, when Calvin is first transported to the old times, he lands on the Black Knight, who has stolen something from the king, and uh, unhorses her, we we find out later it's a woman whoa <sighs> anyway he unhorses the black knight and then that's how he gets in the king's good graces originally is because calvin has stopped the thief and the black knight gets away but that that is the introduction to camelot is that uh the black knight has stolen something and calvin retrieves it accidentally so, throughout the movie, we see the Black Knight doing things, such as giving food to the people of Camelot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the the Black Knight is not a bad, a bad person. And the entire time, we're trying to figure out who it is. And at first, we, we joke that it is... Who was it? Um, it was many people. Oh, it mm-hmm. was... Uh, uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel, Daniel Craig Craig's in this movie. In this movie. <laughs> he did not give a stellar performance. <laughs> he did fine. He did fine with what he had, I guess. He didn't have a lot. He was a a a, a fight master. Yeah, he was a he was a really good knight who was not of royal blood. Yes, he that and we character. thought we thought he was the Black Knight, and then at some point we said, "Oh, it's." Katie, the ki- one of the king's daughters, who is also mm-hmm. falls in love with Calvin, and yeah. then at some point we said, "Oh, it's Merlin." <laughs> yep. <laughs> and at some point, oh, we said, "Did we say it was Sarah, the king's other daughter?" At some point, <laughs> uh, she was the only one who was off screen enough for it to feasibly be her, but it still didn't make any sense. Turns out it was her. Turns out it was her. (sighs) I don't know where to go with this movie because, like, Belasco is so camp that it's not funny. Yeah. Except what it is. (laughs) Several times throughout the movie, he would, like, corner Calvin, who he hated from moment one for no discernible reason. Um, he's just like, he just had like a hero sense. He's like, this kid's the protagonist (laughs) and I got to take him out. Um, but, uh, he would corner him and be like, and, and he was very willing to do evil things. Like he kept taught, he, his whole deal was that he wanted to marry Sarah so that he could have Sarah as the eldest daughter. And he wanted to marry Sarah so that he could rule Camelot. Um, and uh he was willing to kill calvin he was willing to kidnap katie the younger daughter and he was also willing to kill her because he kept saying that he did already even though he hadn't done it yet but he was was going to he he was willing to do all these terrible evil things he had the guards in his pocket he was like a bad dude and he kept cornering calvin and saying i'm willing to kill you (laughs) <laughs> like he would be completely alone with him and have an opportunity to kill him and 
and then just threaten him and let him get and, away. And then awkwardly walked away. Yeah. Uh, I think I think my favorite part of this movie were the strange character dynamics Calvin had with every single character. Yeah. And what stands out to me the most was his interaction with Sarah, play, the elder daughter, played by Kate Winslet, by mm-hmm. the way. Um, after Belasco has told Sarah that he kidnapped Katie and that unless she marries him, unless Sarah marries him, she he's going to kill her. Wait. And so <laughs> he tells Sarah that he's kidnapped Katie and will kill her if she doesn't marry him. And then he goes uh-huh. and tells Calvin that he's under, he's arrest, under arrest for killing Katie. <laughs> And then Sarah runs into Calvin and says, you have to go save my sister. (laughs) And then Calvin with a MacGuffin goes to the king and convinces him to help him save Katie. Mm -hmm. So the movie turns into King Arthur, who is an old man, and Calvin, who is like 12, going on an adventure, Mm -hmm. which is a very fun time, honestly. Also, Black Knight shows up and gives them horses at some point. Yep. That's all the instances we see the Black Knight in this movie. And there's... You know, there's no reason she ever needed to conceal her identity. Like, there's... There's no reason. I don't know why the Black Knight was hidden at all. Why... If so, the thing about uh, for me is that Camelot was was falling apart and under corruption because Belasco was telling the king to do things, and the king was a bad king and was not paying attention to his people. Mm-hmm. Why didn't Sarah just say something? Yeah, and yeah. Is it because she's a lady? Is it, it because no one would listen to her? Ugh. And if so, like... Because it seemed like Arthur... They could have said that. Like, they could have, like, yeah. told the audience that. But, like... Arthur literally listens to his daughters all the... The, the, the king yeah. is super chill. <laughs> yeah. And there are so many instances in the movie... <laughs> there are so many instances in the movie. We weren't paying the most attention. But I it, was. It really feels like like it felt so many times like they were referencing a different movie. They would they would say something <laughs> like it was a callback to something that had never been said before. <laughs> Except the ultimate callback where <laughs> the first time that Calvin gets brought into the court, he establishes himself as a bad dude by sticking his earbuds from his Walkman into these horns that are sitting by and turning up the volume, and then it blasts rock and roll music, and everyone's like, whoa, this kid's weird. We'd like him. Whatever. Okay. Instead of go die, you're doing evil magic. <laughs> and then later on in the movie, when he's rescuing Katie, he, the the main bad guard it's holding her up against a uh, up against a, a wall and is like gonna drop her off and Calvin's like I got this and he opens up his walkman and the laser that's supposed to read the CDs shoots out of the walkman temporarily blinding the man enough for him to fumble around and drop Katie safely onto the wall and for him to trip and fall off of the wall to his death 
Calvin killed that guy. He had a Disney death. It wasn't clear. He had a Disney death, right? Like, he was falling and shrinking and going down, and then they cut away before there was any curse splat. But he wasn't in the rest of the movie. It was water. He he probably drowned. I have so many things about this movie. Yeah, it's really it's really tough. They do make rollerblades. Mm-hmm. That was they fun. Make, make Heelys. They make a bike. They make Heelys. Yeah, you said you said he has Heelys, and he did he did make a blacksmith create rollerblades for him. Was it important to the plot? No. No, he was just trying to impress Katie. That was it. uh, And also, like, he started doing all this flirting with Katie before, like, before telling the audience in any discernible way that he had a crush on her. Like, he was just like, I'm going to start giving, getting gifts for this girl. And like, he he didn't, he didn't have any moment where he seemed to be interested in her. Well, I think what was funny for us is that um, we saw the two daughters and mm-hmm. we both immediately said, so which one is a love interest? Uh-huh. And then Katie I mean, said something, and we both said that one. <laughs> yeah, she said, oh, he does have a pleasant face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Moira Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, he does have a pleasant face. And yeah, at the end of the movie, Calvin saves the day. And so, oh, by the way, Merlin... Kellen meets up with Merlin about halfway through the movie. Merlin lives in a well. Merlin lives in a well. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. it. And um, Merlin's like, oh, shoot. I didn't want you to come here. I wanted a hero. Well, whatever, kid. Save Camelot and I'll let you go back home, which is messed up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was his plan all along. (laughs) And at the end of the movie, he does. He's like, all right, I'm going to go home now. Uh, bye, Katie. I know we like fell in love or whatever, but have a nice life. And then he goes back home through the well. Through the, he I, just jumps into the pit. He jumps into a well, a very deep well. And then he wakes up in the dugout at the beginning of the movie. And then, who's there on the baseball team in the stands? It's Katie and King Arthur. And it's fine. It's fine. Did, did Not they something get that they discussed. Merlin? Merlin, I need to know. Did you protect these two from any illness? <sighs> I we did say halfway through the movie that they're gonna fall in love, and then Calvin's gonna go back, and either she's gonna come with him, or he's gonna meet another girl who looks exactly like her. Yeah. But the the weird part of it was is that they didn't have like like it makes sense, right? Like like Kane, who's played by Daniel Craig whatever in whatever convoluted way won the tournament or or no the black knight who was sarah won the tournament so she was allowed to choose her suitor and she chose daniel craig and so and daniel craig's like a good guy or whatever so camelot so we assume they became the rulers of camelot camelot's safe we assume this is not this is not <laughs> this this is our fan there's no wedding there's no <laughs> coronation nothing this is mine and <laughs> fan fiction it says on the ending of 
There's no scene where Katie and King Arthur have a tearful, like, realization, hey, we've got nothing left here in Camelot. Why don't we just go back to Reseda with this kid? Because we both vibe with him. Like, I've got grandpa energy. You've got girlfriend energy. Let's go live in Reseda. Let's let's go. Let's have a new life. No, that's just a secret. That It's a little trick they play on us (laughs) until the last 30 seconds of the movie. Why? Why? Katie never did say if she was Katie. She just looked at him and yeah, smiled. Yeah, she just looked at him knowingly. It could have been, yeah. Oh, God. I could have been a girl that looked exactly like Katie and, and the janitor man who looked exactly like yeah. Arthur. Yeah, and he didn't even seem to be, like, really cognizant of what was going on. He was just like, I'm out here. I'm in the stands. <laughs> like, he did have a Swiss Army knife. He was whittling mm. a piece of wood. Okay, that was very important. The most important plot detail to me. <laughs> Was, was King this? Arthur whittling? <laughs> <laughs> there were... Okay, let's talk about the good bits. There was a bit where... um, Calvin had to train to be a knight for no reason, because he never really fought anyone with knight weaponry. But he had to train to be a knight. That was important. He's a, he's a knight in training. And... There's like this little indoor barracks where they were training horseback riding with with dummies. And so they I don't they, know how, if that's how they did that back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got this big heavy axe that he can't really wield effectively and they they pull him down the the horse dummy track and he swings at the dummy and he misses and the axe f- flies out of his hands because he's not a baseball player or anything whatever it, it axe flies it. out of his hands and flies through the window and lands outside and it's this goofy little moment with terrible effects uh but whatever it's fine we can forgive that and then like the next scene is him outside practicing archery and katie's really good at it and then he picks up the bow and immediately aims up for some reason and accidentally lets go of the arrow and it flies up through the same window in the opposite direction and like we we hear a cat meow and some pottery breaking Mm -hmm. it was fine it's fine yeah like okay yeah that's that's how you do a little callback thingy that's fine that's a joke okay (laughs) and this is me (laughs) pointing out the good things in the movie that they did a functional joke (laughs) <laughs> and then there was the scene where um daniel craig and belasco were arguing and being like really like aggressive toward one another because belasco came into the barracks and wanted to fight calvin to the death immediately i really know the characters names in this movie a lot <laughs> i mean <laughs> there's only like six characters joe <laughs> uh, anyway yeah so belasco and daniel craig kane are yelling at each other and uh calvin's like man you guys are really into this dominant male monkey brain thing aren't you or something like that <laughs> it's like this really weirdly good line in the middle of the movie it was eerily self-aware and very good yeah <laughs> uh what was the best part for you um and credits no <laughs> Sorry, rude. Um, I think the best part for me was the opening credits when we saw Daniel Craig and Kate Winslet's names and I freaked out because I'm like, wait, I know them. (laughs) I also really loved the Black Knight. Like the whole get up. 
Oh, there was one bit where we were, where I was specifically musing on whether or not the Black Knight was the spirit of communism. (laughs) (laughs) I missed that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because the Black Knight was stealing things and giving it back to the people and was being nice and chill. Yeah. I like the Black Knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I loved the like the whole getup. The the horse looked incredible. Like the, these leather leather straps like dangling down, and her armor was really unique and cool. Yes. Um. You know what wasn't unique and well was unique and not cool was Belasco's horse armor because his horse armor was purple and yellow and looked just like Waluigi and his helmet had horns. Devil horns! That didn't scream villain. I don't know what did. And it also had a shiny jewel on top Uh which shined light into his enemy's eyes which is how he kept winning. We don't need to get into the jousting tournament. Listen, if you're that invested, watch the movie. It's not good. Watch it with friends. If you want to see a jousting tournament, go watch A Knight's Tale. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was just five minutes of just horses and man hitting each it other. Was, yeah, there was no drama. Like, this is... So, they, like, beat Belasco, and they're like, we win, we know the truth, you suck. And then he runs away, and... And King Arthur says, let him go, we'll get him when we're ready. We'll get and him, like, we gotta let him compete in the tournament. And then they do the jousting tournament, and the jousting tournament is, yeah, like a genuinely like a five minute clip of of purple horse, and that's Velasco winning a joust against some guy, and then the red horse, and that's Kane winning a horse, uh, winning the, a joust against some guy, and they keep going back and forth, back and forth. There's no drama. There's no like, oh, I got hit. There's nothing. Like it's a clean hit victory every time for like You're five de-horsed. minutes straight in one hit and yeah if, if if we if it wasn't clear we're now experts at horse jousting because yes. of a knight's tail and getting on um, horse is a big deal <laughs> yes if you're on horse you're out and that they all got on horse in one hit and i'm like either belasco is somehow really good or he's cheating and he yeah. was cheating and Kane was fine. Kane was good. So he, I didn't have any yeah. issues with Kane. But it was just five minutes of just see, but, hearing the horse running and the the, the jousting. And yeah. there was no tension. There was no tension. And this was it, was, it was like an extended climax that didn't matter. It feels like that scene should have happened before the other climax yeah. we had. Yeah. It was weird. Pacing. There were too many things. There were too many things in this movie. That's that's my main problem with it. <laughs> that's your main problem with this movie? <laughs> so many things that sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry if you really like this movie. I try not to be the person who just says it's bad over and over again, but like... There's an entire scene of King Arthur bubbling at the mouth because he chew gum and it's disgusting. Yeah. Warning, if you do watch this movie, at the part where Calvin gives him gum, look away for like a minute. For like a full minute, minute and a half. Like, wait until you hear Belasco come in. No, (laughs) they talk for a while. Belasco and the king talk for a while while the king has spit up on his lips. And then at the end of the scene, Belasco gives him a tissue. (laughs) Okay, so... 
Look away during that scene and come back when the scene is over. Because mm-hmm. it was gross and did not need to be there. Um, thank you all for listening to mock footage. I can't go on this. This we're done. We're done with this. I don't know. It was a bad idea. I'm glad we did it. I had a lot of fun. I hope this episode is listenable. Um, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on Twitter. <laughs> at mock footage you can send emails to mock footage at gmail.com thank you ray so much for sitting down this lovely tuesday evening and watching this movie with me thank you joe for wasting my tuesday evening thank you to chongo for the use of the song out of serenity i'm not even a contest it's fair off of his album at shop thank you ross jerson for that beautiful art that art is more beautiful than this movie uh low bar <laughs> and yeah 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 uh yeah thanks again audience once again thanks again once again I'm it's not that it. bad it's worse it's bad please it's bad. like watch it with friends and and prepare to laugh at it it earned Make its 5% dinner rating. while watching this movie yeah Chop some onions while watching this movie. To clarify, it's not bad in the same way that The Room is or Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 is. Like, those are both, those both hurt my soul to watch. This one was just like, like. It's a Disney's live action kids movie. It really, it feels like somebody was in a screenwriting class and they forgot (laughs) that their final project was due and they wrote it all in the 12 hours the night before, hopped up on energy drinks. They did not edit the script at all. And their professor was like, all right, we're going to make this movie as it is. No edits. Let's go. This is and the harshest we've ever been to a movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is the meanest we've ever been to a movie. Hey, Ray, should we suggest this movie? Oh, I yeah, it's weird that I forgot that question, huh? Ray, would you recommend watching this movie to somebody that had never seen it before? No. Have you ever seen this movie before? No. Okay, good. Um, yeah, don't watch it. Or if you if you are deadly curious, do it with friends. Holy moly. I'm not even saying that. Just don't. Yeah, yeah, honestly don't. There's better things to do with your friends. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. All right. Um, what was our favorite line, though? What was our favorite line? Taught him everything he knows. I'm quitting. (laughs) I'm stopping this recording. I'm done, yeah. (laughs) 